Night's Tale podcast, we've had some of the most incredible stories, and this one is no different. Today's guest uncovers his blueprint to building his business, the Populist Group, that's now generating more than $600 million in revenue. Bobby Herrera wasn't given anything, but he was able to obtain everything his heart desired after being led by a strong family bond and principles that now guide his incredibly successful entrepreneurial career. His book, The Gift of Struggle, is packed with an insane amount of life lessons, and honestly, any one of the stories from the book is so powerful, they could bring a tear to your eye, because... In it, he talks about his childhood, his relationships with his family members, and some of the most difficult decisions he had to make in order to get to where he is today. The book teaches us that we all have leadership capabilities that we can tap into, and it also teaches us that the challenges we face can become the building blocks of our success. I'm really excited to share the conversation I had with the CEO of one of the largest employment firms in the world, retired U.S. Army veteran, Bobby Herrera. So today we have uh, Bobby Herrera, the CEO of the Populist Group, who is one of the most um, one of the most incredible entrepreneurs, especially in the talent space. And I'm really excited to have him here on the Nice Talk Podcast. Bobby, thank you for being here. Hey, hey, I'm happy. I'm grateful. <laughs> Tell the awesome. underdog, Robert. Good to connect with a fellow Robert. <laughs> right, exactly. Always. You, you know, unlike, unlike yourself, uh, I'm only Robert when I'm in trouble and it's, it's never Bob. I'm not serious enough for Bob. So it's, you know, just Bobby. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, you co-founded the Populist Group in 2002 and one of the, one of the market leaders in the non-permanent workforce space. Why? Was it so important for you to write this book, and how has it made you a best, better business leader? Uh, yeah, a couple of great questions in there. Uh, you know, we were talking offline a little while ago. You know, writing a book—it it wasn't on my list, Robert. And you know, I'm a storyteller, and you know, one of the things that makes my heart sing is telling stories to kids and to veterans out there who are trying to take control of their own story in a way that helps them sit back and reflect and say, Hey, I can do it too. And, you know, throughout that journey, I had some, uh, you know, people that I have tremendous respect for. You know, they kept tapping me on the shoulder and telling me, Hey, you gotta, you gotta put some of these stories into a book. And, you know, I started that journey a couple years ago and it launched last June. It's been a wonderful experience. It's helping a lot of people. I'm getting so much wonderful, uh, insight and feedback from people that are reaching out that it's helping and you know how it's helped me personally you know throughout that journey you know i think one of the things that is incredibly important for any entrepreneur any leader out there is clarity and i felt like i had a really good grip on the personal story and the that i was right you know narrating for myself and for my organization populist group writing the book gave me even more clarity and, you know, without that clarity, you can't build trust. And, you know, it's, it's a pillar of building trust with, you know, things that are important to you and those that you surround yourself with. So if you were to ask me how it served me personally the most, aside from, you know, the fact that I wrote the book to give and I wrote the book that I wish someone would have written for me and, you know, the impact that's had on others. But for me personally in my business and 
in my own life. It's really helped me clarify the story that I'm narrating. That's awesome. So I know a lot of people, and since you mentioned, you know, some mentors that have came into your life, um, I know a lot of people are starving for some form of mentorship. And it seems like you've managed to attract the right people in your life at the right times. So were your mentors sought out or were those people that became a part of your life after seeing that you were already a top performer? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that's, yeah, I, I really appreciate that you asked that question because, you know, too often, uh, like early on in my entrepreneurial and leadership journey, you know, the narrative that I told myself, Robert, was that, you know, I'd see these people that, you know, they had some, you know, whether it be financial success or, you know, resume success, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. And the narrative that I would tell myself was that, yeah, you know what, they're, they're too busy for me. You know, they have too many people yes. calling on them. They have, you know, they don't have time for me. Uh, and that is one of the dumbest narratives that we can tell ourselves. <laughs> because uh, once I finally mustered up the courage to pick up the phone and start asking some of these people, like almost to the person, uh, they would just be overwhelmingly open to, you know, want to help me. And you know, we're all hardwired to help, but you know, the answer to your question was, no, I picked up the phone, I called, I asked, I didn't always get a yes, but I always got some form of direction. And you know, that, uh, I found that a very large majority of people tell themselves that same narrative that I was telling myself. It's like, <laughs> hey, if, if, if climbing your own mountain, whatever mountain that is, is important to you, pick up the phone. Don't send them a text, don't send them an email, pick up the phone, right? So. I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And so growing up, uh, I guess this is kind of a sidebar, but I played basketball and I was really good at imitating people. Um, mm -hmm. And so when I played basketball, I, I had the Allen Iverson crossover, you know, and uh, that was just the thing back then. So in your book, you mentioned that you should be incredibly selective about the people that you follow. Why do you think that is? And you know, what was the reason for that? Hey, well, hey, one, that was a sick crossover. Uh, <laughs> it really was. And I tried to emulate it. I wasn't very successful personally. <laughs> my, my, brother, my brother Ed was, but I, I wasn't. Oh, um, yeah, well, you know, I think, it's, uh, I, I think it's pretty simple. It's not a real sexy answer. But for me, uh, my criteria was simple when selecting people that I wanted to learn from. Was number one, you know, I think one of the single most important questions that we can ask ourselves in our own respective journey is, hey, who am I becoming? Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a big question. And as part of that narrative that we're trying to write for our own story, we have to answer that question. Who am I becoming? Who am I? Well, if you're not incredibly selective with who you choose to learn from, it's going to impact the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. So, you know, first and foremost, I would only seek out people that believed what I believed, that had similar values, people that you know, I would introduce my, my wife to, my children to, people that I would be proud to say I'm associated with. Yeah. Doesn't mean we did things the, the right, the same way, because I think that's also part of being a good student is pick, 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 pick people that you 
really want to emulate like Alan Iverson's crossover. Yet at the same time, most people that you pick can't give you everything that you need. So, you know, I would identify first and foremost, you know, Hey, what's the, what's the most important thing that I want to learn right now? And I would usually focus on a strength. It's like, for example, storytelling. And I would say, okay, I want to become a better storyteller. And then I would start zooming out and saying, who are the best storytellers out there? And I would fiercely study them. And I would study and I would do my homework before I reached out. Mm. And, you know, when I reached out, you know, then I could say on that call, I could say, you know what? I've watched four hours of your storytelling videos. I've personally blocked aside 15 hours of my time to study your work. This is what I've done. This is how I've done it. I would like to know from you, hey, what do I need to do to earn 30 minutes from you to further learn how to be a better storyteller? You name it, I'll do it. So imagine for a moment someone calls you and says all that, Robert. What are you thinking on the other end of the line? It's just time to serve this person. It's time to, you know, be who I say I am. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, if it was a basketball player, you'd be like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Let's go to the court, right? Exactly. Right. It's like, it makes you want to go right now. Exactly. Like, hey, I'll be on my court in two weeks at this time. Meet me there. Right. right? But you know, we want to help people that you know are hustling for themselves. And right. yeah, so uh, I, I wanted to give a little bit of insight on how I did it. Going back to your first question, you know, that you asked me how I picked my mentors and stuff. Because a lot of things, a lot of, it's all in how we approach people. It's all in the work that we're willing to do. And you know, when someone approaches me, I want to know that they're also going to work just as hard as I'm willing to work for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I, to I totally agree. Um, so there seems to be uh, in a, a point in every entrepreneur's life when their minds just expand and they start thinking bigger and the conversations go from thousands to millions and that becomes the new normal. Um, you start removing it and, you, and then you start removing yourself from processes and then insert employees. How did you approach that change? And, and was it, was it difficult for you? Was, was, was it a challenge? Uh, you, you know, my approach, Robert was always, Hey, I'm going to do less, but better. And, and, uh, I think one of it, it was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, yeah, I know my gifts and I'm an organizational nightmare. So if I try to do too much, it was going to be an absolute mess. And so, you know, because I was real comfortable with the fact that, you know, organization and having too many things going at once isn't my gift to the world, I would focus on, okay, less but better. And as part of that, you know, it, I think it really helped me like hone in on being real concentrated on around one thing that I wanted to work on and like that, that's just the way that my mind worked as I was approaching like my leadership develop, you know, the bigger your company gets, the bigger your, you know, whatever it is that you're building. I've actually, you know, gone the other direction and, you know, I, 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 I look to zoom in on things that I'm working on because things can get real out of hand very quickly. You know, everything that we say no, yes to, we're saying no to something else. And, uh, does that make sense? I think I, I, yeah. what I wanted to do is more give you insight in terms of how I think around things like that versus, um, you know, trying to give a, 
you know, a prescriptive that may not work for anyone else because, you know, it's all situational, right? We're all in different stages. Exactly. That's, that's beautiful advice. Um, so in this, this book, it seems like a guide for leaders of all ages and all levels of their career. Um, but if we can, if we can zoom in on the transitioning veteran, what is something, one point of guidance that you would give to someone that thinks to themselves, oh, that's, that's not me, I can't do that, or um, man, that's going to be hard. <laughs> what, what would you say to that person? Uh, like, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 those are the people that I love to connect with, you know, because uh, I'm a sucker for the underdog. You know, that's how I end the book. All hail the underdog. That's my battle cry. And I, uh, you know, uh, I think first and foremost, I'd probably tell them a couple of stories that would help them see, you know, their own potential. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, I, you know, with your permission, maybe, maybe I just tell you one of those and, and, and then we can kind of answer the question. Right. So I'm going to, I'll tell the bus story, right. You know, you know, Robert, when I was, when I was 17, you know, my brother and I, we were on a return trip home from a basketball game. And along the way we stopped for dinner. Everybody unloaded off the bus except for me and my brother, Ed. Well, a few moments after the team unloaded, one of the dads, of the other players, he steps on board the bus. And as he's walking towards the back of the bus where Ed and I were sitting, you know, he razzed me a little bit because Ed had outscored me that night. <laughs> he was a much better hoop player than I was. And uh, then he said something to me that I will always remember. Bobby, it would make me very happy if you would allow me to buy you boys dinner so that you can join the rest of the team. Nobody else has to know. All you have to do to thank me is do the same thing for another great kid just like you on this bus. And to this day, Robert, it's hard for me to explain that wave of gratitude and how I felt in that moment. You know, I remember stepping off that bus and outside of knowing that I wanted to raise my hand a year from then and join the army, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. You know, I just knew that I wanted my future to look different than my past. I'm one of 13 kids and struggle had been the only consistent theme in my family story. And, you know, although I had no idea what I was going to do after that moment, I knew why I would somehow, some way figure out a way to create something that would allow me to pay forward that kind act to another kid like me who was born on the wrong side of the opportunity divide. So in other words, that moment, it gave me purpose. It gave me identity. It gave me something to believe in and it helped me understand that, you know what, maybe someday my story will matter. And that moment, man, it became the invisible force that drove me. And so I tell you that story for a couple of reasons. I mean, I think it's packed with lessons and humility and kindness, et cetera. However, I believe that every single one of us, we have a bus story inside of us. You know, we've at some point in time felt socially invisible. And if we look deep inside to one of those pillar moments, one of those marker moments in our life, there's a marker moment in, in our life where something gave us energy. It's given us something to believe in. And, you know, focus on that moment. Focus on the energy that gives you. And you do that figure out why you can do whatever the heck you want. 
And so often when I tell that story to kids and, you know, veterans, et cetera, you know, I'll ask them, Hey, tell, tell me, tell me the invisible force that drives you. And, you know, take me back to the beginning. Take me, tell me to want take me back to one act of kindness that someone gave you that helped you see the world differently. And, you know, often I'll get some pretty compelling stories and they'll be like, yeah, that's why, you know, that, that moment's inside a lot of people. And that moment was inside of me. And, and there was nothing that was going to stop me from trying to figure out a way to pay forward that kind of act, Robert. Well, yeah, that's such a beautiful story. And honestly, I, um, when I read the book, I, I typically really, I love audiobooks. So um, at the time, I didn't necessarily find the audiobook at the time. Um, but then I started reading the actual book. And it, that story being the first thing that you see or that you see on the page, that really just drew me in. Um, and, uh, you know, it definitely caused an overflow of emotions at the time because you're right everybody does have their own bus story so i really appreciate you for sharing that um i'm sure that never gets old right <laughs> no you, you know I, I uh uh yeah one thank you for the for the kind compliment and you know it's it's a marker story in my in my journey you know i share it with people it's just packed with so many wonderful lessons i mean you think about uh that that man that stepped on the bus you know there was an interesting backstory to that to, to that, that gentleman, you know, he was a real successful businessman in the community, Robert. And, you know, the narrative that, that I told myself was that, Hey, people like him, they don't see kids like me. And with one true act of kindness, not only did he show me that I was wrong, but he taught me that one of the most important parts of leadership is seeing and encouraging potential. That was the first time in my life that I felt seen. And I mean, the humility and the wisdom of him to, you know, to ask me to pay it forward to another kid like me, you know, uh, it, you just, you know, it's, I just, I'm just so grateful that he came on that bus and, you know, people often ask me, it's like, Hey, well, what if he would have asked you differently? Or, you know, what if he would have, you know, wouldn't have said that, you know, what do you, what have you, you know, what would he have done? And, you know, obviously I don't know, but I was a proud kid and, you know, I might've said no. And, you know, when I think about whether or not I would have figured it out on my own, it's, that's not a real comfortable thought for me, Robert. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, it, you never know, you never know how one kind act can change a course for a gritty kid who has, you know, a big dream inside. And, you know, he did that for me. That's amazing. Well, uh, Bobby, I really appreciate your time. I know you're short on time, but uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, and I hope to see you for the next one. <laughs> hey, uh, hell, the underdog. Let's keep doing some good out there, Robert. And uh, uh, thanks for helping me uh, on your mission, man. Absolutely. Thank you. Talk to you soon.